Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I'm not a crook. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan. Source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our guest segment. And I'm super excited to have him with us for the entire guest segment. He's been a caller on the show for a long time. We've had him on here and there, but now he's going to be with us for the whole segment. A good friend of the show and attorney in the Chicago area, Jeremy Ramsey. Good to have you with us, sir. Thanks for having me, Jim. I appreciate you having having me on the show again. Yeah, and I know you've got a lot uh, going on. I've been following online. You're now going out doing a lot of speaking about uh, gun rights and the Second Amendment and all that. We're going to talk about that a little bit uh, later uh, in this segment. But I wanted to start by asking you about some of these big legal cases that are in the news, starting with Bill Cosby. Of course, people may have seen the story. So Bill Cosby, after all of these years, finally ends up in and um, we interviewed um, the uh, reporter that was sort of the one that, you know, brought him down uh, and she wrote the book as well. And, and we've been replaying that. And there's just so much overwhelming evidence against Bill Cosby. It was amazing that he was out of prison for all these years. I mean, it's surprising he didn't go to prison years earlier, but somehow in a bizarre twist, the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania uh, basically have they, they've ordered a new trial, I guess. And, and that means that he may just be out of prison forever. They may not retry him. Can can you explain to us exactly what happened? I guess he was in prison just over two years and his case was appealed and now he's free. Uh, confusing but interesting case. Uh, definitely your um, Hollywood-style celebrity, you know, court drama. Uh, the situation was, you know, uh, sadly, uh, Bill Cosby, who you know, I remember when I was younger, and uh, heck, I loved the Cosby Show. I watched it all the time. It was, you know, uh, what did they say? Bill Cosby was like America's dad. Yeah, yeah I um, love Bill Cosby so, uh, absolutely. Till I found out all this other yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah. But um, apparently uh, there were approximately about 60 women. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, uh, if any of those you know, come to light now that this now that he's been released. But the the case in particular, um, the young lady who brought the, the case against him, uh, Andrea Constant, um, she brought this information to the district attorney uh, in Los Angeles at the time and essentially said that, you know, Bill Cosby had drugged her, had uh, had inappropriate contact with her while she was uh, sedated, essentially from a, a drug that he gave her. Um, Brian's attention, um, and I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm still thinking of Hollywood. I'm uh, I'm thinking Los Angeles, but brought it to uh, actually Bruce Castor Jr. was the uh, district attorney in uh, Pennsylvania at the time. Um, he looked at the case, apparently said that he was that he did not think that he could prosecute Bill Cosby 
under the information that they obtained. So he looked at it and said, well, something's not right here, but it was not enough to find him guilty. You know, he did, though, is he then made, essentially, he made an agreement. Uh, he wanted to have justice for Mrs. Uh, Miss Constance, and he made an agreement with Bill Cosby where he said, essentially, look, we are not going to charge you uh, under this, but uh, the only reason we're not charging you is because we don't want you to invoke your Fifth Amendment rights, your rights not to testify against yourself. If you don't take those Fifth Amendment rights, we will not charge you. Um, and then uh, they said you would have to then testify in a civil case. Right. So so just to stop you for a second so we can piece this together. So so there's at the same time a lawsuit for money, which is a civil case. And then there's also the specter hanging out there of a criminal case. Someone right. facing both of those would probably clam up and not in any not you know, maybe just take a default judgment, not testify, whatever the consequences be in the civil case, because they don't want to go to prison as a result of trying to win a civil case, which is over money. Right. Just, you know, remember, in criminal cases, you have a Fifth Amendment right not to testify against yourself, not to take the stand. You don't have that same protection in a uh, in a civil case. Civil cases are for monetary damage, are obviously for taking your freedom. Uh, you could face jail time, prison time. So you can't. You have the Fifth Amendment right not to testify in your uh, in a criminal case. Uh, you know, if you go back to the O.J. Simpson days, uh, O.J. Simpson didn't testify in his criminal case, but then uh, the families sued him afterwards civilly. Uh, he had to take the stand. He had to testify, uh, you know, in that situation. And that led eventually to his, uh, you know, through the civil case um, and some of the things he did there to get his property back. Now, in this one, <clears throat> so Bill Cosby essentially made the agreement with the prosecutor, said, um, yep, you're not going to charge me, so I won't take, you know, Fifth Amendment, uh, you know, rights to not testify. Um, and then there was the civil case brought. They brought the civil case. Bill Cosby testified and said some very damaging things about the fact that, yes, he did do these things to uh, not only the plaintiff, but the, you know, several other women. Um, then you had an, uh, the acting district attorney in Pennsylvania took a new job. So he got a new position and a new district attorney came in and the new district attorney essentially said, Look, that may have been your agreement, you know, Mr. Cosby, that may have been been your agreement with the previous district attorney, but it's not my agreement, so we're going to charge you. Um, and then, of course, you know, this was, uh, obvi well, obviously Bill Cosby, um, celebrity, high-profile case. This was kind of the starting case for the, the Me Too movement. Um, so they brought charges against him. Uh, and the whole time, uh, and the whole argument on this wasn't necessarily was he guilty or not guilty. I think, you know, obviously his testimony and stating that he did do this proves his guilt. It was that he had an agreement with the prosecutor and that the, essentially the new prosecutor didn't honor that previous. So it puts a, almost like a, uh, a chilling effect on, on the case. Uh, Bill Cosby would say, wait a second, 
you know, I made this agreement. I could have, you know, said, nope, no agreement. I won't testify. I'll take my Fifth Amendment uh, you know, rights in the criminal case. You won't get all this evidence against me. Um, then they could have brought the civil. They would testify in the civil case. They wouldn't have a lot of the background information because they wouldn't have the criminal. And case couldn't to he, go on. if there was like questions in the civil case that could have put him in criminal jeopardy, he probably could have invoked his Fifth Amendment uh, rights even in the civil questioning because of the fact that there was a specter of of the criminal charges. Is is what is this called? I mean, this is not immunity from prosecution. What kind of an agreement is no. this? And how is this? Uh, how can this be enforced when it was never even in writing or anything? It was just like a verbal agreement. Uh, like, look, we're not going to charge you. But, you know, things could change. Like you said, there's a different prosecutor in place or more evidence comes to light. Um, you know, just somebody saying, look, uh, you know, for today, we don't we're not going to charge you right now. But that doesn't that doesn't mean forever. And the fact that this was used uh, as a, as the grounds for the appeal to the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania, this kind of like makes new law then, doesn't it, in Pennsylvania, that if a prosecutor at the moment that's then now all of a sudden that person has like immunity for life from anything stemming from that issue. Right. I mean. It's kind of, believe it or not, this kind of even invokes contract law. Um, here you have a criminal case, and then you have a civil case. Uh, then all of a sudden you're looking to, uh, gosh, do we have a, uh, do we have an actual contract here? You know, do we have, uh, an agreement between the parties? Is there some form of consideration? Uh, you know, there was nothing in writing. It was just kind of a gentleman's agreement to use right. the term loosely, I guess. Uh, and say, but understand, <clears throat> on Bill Cosby's side, you know, not, again, uh, obviously do not support the horrible decisions he made, but, but understand, if someone comes to you from a district attorney's office and says, look, we're thinking of charging you uh, criminally, and we can, but we're going to decide not to as long as you agree to take the stand in the civil case and whatever comes out in the civil case and you lose in the civil case and he reached settlement, he gave uh, the young lady uh, approximately, it was about three and a half million dollars for settlement. Um, so that's the way the district attorney essentially approached it, said, I don't think I can win this case, uh, you know, in a criminal courtroom. I don't think I can prove the you know, the reasonable doubt standard. Um, but gosh, Mr. Cosby, if you agree to take the stand on the civil case, we won't charge you. And then you're going to probably lose in the civil case. You're going to pay the young lady for, you know, monetary damages and she gets some justice that way. So then Bill Cosby, I would assume, looked at that and went, well, Okay. Yeah. I'm going to lose, you know, I'm going to pay money on this, you know, rightly so, but at least I'm not going to go to prison or jail on this. Right. It's important. So it, yeah. It's, it's important too that what you're explaining because, 
uh, what a lot of people thought was, oh, well, Bill Cosby's conviction was overturned. He's innocent of what he was accused no. of. Th that's not at all the not case. All. Uh, this is simply uh, a, sort of a, 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 a real technical type of a procedural legal thing that was used. And he had high priced lawyers and they went to the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania. And sometimes you have high priced lawyers and they try enough uh, tactics and strategies and something, you know, works right. out. And, and this happened to work out. And Bill Cosby, who I guess is legally legally blind, uh, he's 80 something years old. Uh, what are your what is your best guess? Do you think they'll try him again or is this is this pretty much over? Most of the other uh, accusations will probably have run uh, statute of limitations. They probably will not find, you know, you won't have very strong evidence um, because the cases have, you know, the, the incidences happened so long ago. Um, they, they could charge him again. I guess I'm going to go out, you know, on a, on a limb here and say they won't. Um, it, it, he's definitely not innocent. Has nothing, has nothing to do with that. It's essentially a promise was made. The promise was broken by the district attorney's office. Uh, that broken promise led to uh, Mr. Cosby invoking his Fifth Amendment rights. And the Supreme Court said, you can't do that. You denied him his Fifth Amendment rights. And because of a procedural issue, we have to release him. But I don't see him being charged again. Very good. Now, let's move on to this next case. Britney Spears who, um, you know, I, I'll be the first one to say that I think she's way out there. I mean, some of the stuff that she did uh, years ago. I mean, even some of the things presently. But who in Hollywood is not sure. who in Hollywood is not half crazy exactly uh and is out doing crazy things like how many times has nicholas cage lost all his money i mean and and has substance abuse problems i mean look at uh uh elvis presley's daughter uh lisa marie presley she's like lost uh, the right. whole elvis fortune i mean th these people right. are this is how they're wired these are like nutty crazy people so how do you go right. from just being like a, a run-of-the-mill crazy Hollywood person to being so crazy that your father takes over not just your money, but literally like she is ordered to take certain medications. She is under the control of where she can actually like leave her home and go to different places. She has to get permission, has the rights of a child under her father, who is appointed by the court uh, to be her guardian. And she is basically a ward of her father as a really like a child. And this has been going on for many, many years and I've never heard of anything like this before. I mean, she's she's not somebody who is like mentally incapacitated. She's just a wild Hollywood person, which is pretty standard for these people. How does something like this happen? Yeah, you know, I remember years ago, um, I heard a comedian do a, a skit where he said, you ever watch on like uh, VH1 or MTV when they, you know, actually ever played music? Um, the, the, he would say, they always show these stories about these rock bands. You know, you get this small town band, they, you know, go from gig to gig. All of a sudden they get some big hit song. They become <laughs> overnight success. They skyrocket to the top. Then comes the drugs and the alcohol yeah. and the car crashes and right. the Betty Ford clinic. 
and now they're back on, you know, they're back together and they're rehabbing and, you know, they're discovering how great life can be. And, you know, and the comedian said, why, why don't most rock bands or, or you know, artists or, or celebrities, why don't they watch those shows and go, oh, okay, I'm going to watch this. Yeah, I'm going to fast forward a little bit to see how this goes. Oh, and then, you know, try to avoid that middle part. Right. <laughs> um, I've never, never, never understood that. But, uh, you know, I do a lot of, um, actually in, in my practice, I do a lot of, uh, trustee work and probate work and, uh, you know, like, uh, agency law, things like that. And so I have had clients come to me, uh, several over the years and say, I'm about to get an inheritance, you know, from a deceased relative. And I am genuinely concerned that if I get this, I will, you know, possibly be hospitalized or dead within, you know, a week or a month because I can't control myself. <laughs> they know themselves. That's, yeah. That's a, right, that's a, yeah, that's I mean, a step. It's commendable. I mean, it, 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 at least they step forward and say, I have this problem. You know, I'm appreciative of the inheritance I'm receiving, but I'm afraid it's going to destroy me. Um, so, yeah. So then in situations like that, you can have someone court appoint uh, in several capacities for clients where, you know, essentially I'm the gatekeeper. I'm the, you know, the hockey goalie <laughs> almost to, uh, to deflect all the, the pucks that come at me, um, where, I will be the one to uh, make sure that their investments are well taken care of, uh, that I'm using good stewardship over their resources. Um, they have to, but then they have to come to me to say, could I get, you know, money for this? Or can I have, you know, some, I want to spend on this. And there have been times it's, you know, not entirely enjoyable, but there have been times when I will have clients come to me and say, I would like money for this expenditure, and I will say to them, "No, Daddy says no. Not a good you're not, you're not going to buy an yeah. Ocu you're not going to buy an Oculus uh, Rift. Uh, exactly. You're yeah. not getting a virtual reality system with the money that your grandfather left you. He left specific instructions. Uh, but have you ever had a case exactly. where, like an adult, who what I find odd about this Britney Spears case is, on the one hand. She's supposedly too incompetent to like make any decisions about her life. But yet during those years, they had right. her on concert tours, on TV shows, right. uh, recording albums. So she's still like, you know, the she's she's not just, uh, you know, a show horse. She's a workhorse. She's still bringing in all the money, right. doing all these things. But yet she's not competent enough to basically be her own person. And, and that to me, and we've got a lot of celebrities now that are saying free Britney Spears and they're holding up signs and posting right. on social media. Um, is this case an outlier because of the fact that she is an adult and seems of sound mind as far as Hollywood standards would go, uh, that she's like for all of these years. And it seems like that her father has control over everything. So the question comes is there's, there has to first be some type of legal determination about the person's capacity. Um, now, obviously, if you go back, you know, not too many years ago, uh, you know, you see images of Miss Spears with the uh, shaved head or with children in her lap. Yeah. Whoops. I did it again. I did yeah. it again. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, you know, and obviously there's been drug and alcohol situations. Um, 
but uh, that yeah well gosh if you go to hollywood area los angeles area isn't that the norm for most celebrities um but they seem to be in control of their own assets of their own bank accounts their own financial decisions and here's a situation where her father of course now he's professing his undying love for his daughter that of course that that's what's motivating him that's what's driving him to do this and i hope so i hope he's being honest in that fact but at the same time i'm going to guess like with most uh, guardianships or uh you know trustee uh, executor positions there is usually it's rare that it's not there is usually some type of provision or clause that allows the person who's serving in that fiduciary capacity to charge a fee Oh yeah. So with the amount of money can make, I'm sure that if her father invests it well, well, he could easily say that's my job. Yeah, and you if know, you know her, if go- you if you know her background, she was like as a child they had her on that new Mickey Mouse Club. I mean, the, and and right. like her mother moved to New York with her when she was just a little, you know, to get agents and and all this. They they've been making money off of her for her whole life, and you know, I don't know the father's heart. Maybe he does have like a real fatherly interest in this, but you know, I don't know. I I just have a problem with the idea of someone who's an adult uh, just sort of being held as a prisoner and like, so what if she spends all of her money? So what if she wants to abuse drug and alcohol? That's her right to do that. And I don't agree with it, but you know what? I mean, everybody else is doing that in Hollywood and I don't see anybody else having law control. And there's no, this judge that this uh, hearing that I read about was basically like, well, no, this is just the status quo going forward. And it's like, now, wait a minute. I mean, she's not someone who is like mentally incapacitated. I mean, she called in, in the hearing, she argued for her position. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of people with a lot less mental uh, aptitude that are walking around managing their own affairs uh, I don't know why Britney Spears is being held to such a high standard. Right. I mean, I can understand, again, you know, because after all, I mean, the Disney Corporation does such a fantastic job of producing uh, quality adults after they yeah. are on their children's shows nowadays, right? Right, right. <laughs> so I could understand when she was a minor, you know, uh, but, uh, you know, still making significant amount of financial you know, income. Um, I could understand parents being in charge. I'm saying, well, we're making wise decisions for our child. But now as someone who I believe she's 38 or 39. Yeah, um, almost 40 years old. Yeah. uh, Right. Uh, At what point, you know, yeah, again, you could uh, name the, you know, name the celebrity, your Elvis Presley's, your, um, you know, uh, River Phoenix, uh, all the ones that uh, Heath Ledger that died you know, far too young, but that was because sadly they. Moved. She's been under this conservatorship for twelve years. Twelve right. years. Can you imagine? Right. If you know, I mean, if my dad, meaning well, 
Okay. Try to control me as Mm -hmm. an adult for 12 years, my money, where I could go, forcing me to take medications, whether I wanted to or not. I mean, this is insane. I I can't even wrap my brain around it. 12 years. Sounds almost like the uh, federal government on our lives, right? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So, so can this just go on indefinitely? This Britney Spears conservatorship can this? I mean, is it just go on until some judge decides that uh, she's not? I mean, I I heard this some story where she's so like guarded that somebody had to like meet her in a spa and like slip a burner phone to her in a steam room so she could call like her former attorney to try to get representation like she's not even free to have access to get an attorney to argue for her side of it like that's how much of a a prisoner she is in this whole situation which to me just seems like i mean how do you take away someone's due process rights even someone in prison has the right to have their own attorney and to to be able to appeal for their for their rights in their case this seems like she's even lost that there would have to be there has to be some like I said some standard uh, created prior showing uh, that her mental capacity you know, a recklessness almost uh, that it requires someone else to be in charge of her finances of her person but again there would have to be should be along the lines of that she is not legally does not have the legal capacity to make these decisions for herself. Um, if they did that, if that was the determination that they made for her, then the question is, is why is she still out essentially in public? Why is she still out able to do shows like and that? record uh, someone who's she even said they're preventing, level, they're preventing her from having a child. She wants to have another child and they've got her on yeah. birth control against her wishes she's under duress on birth control i mean this sounds like something from a third world country right yeah that that's uh, clearly extreme to to prevent someone from having another child again she hasn't in the past shown herself to be getting the mother of the year award that's for certain but um to what level did the courts decide uh, yeah, that we're going to essentially take someone who they haven't, you know, essentially claimed as incompetent or mentally unfit, but we're going to turn over control of her life, her assets to a family member. Um, but she's clearly displeased with it. She's clearly, clearly unhappy with it. Um, her father is, you know, the, the, the very interesting thing is her father at one point in time was a uh, co-conservator with a um, was like a law practice with a, a law firm, and the firm resigned. Uh, so I find that interesting. Why would they resign? What was troubling to them about it? Unless it's just bad PR. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, they resigned, and her father continues to. You know, fight on on the battle on this. Yeah, and people and are probably going to sure say, "Why is Jim Paris, Christian financial guy, talking about Britney Spears?" Well, this is a financial story, right? That somebody could take right. your assets, millions of dollars, and now you know you lose control. I mean, my family probably, you know, a couple of times a month could could probably make a good case about me being nuts. 
Uh, <laughs> so maybe I'm laying the groundwork for my own defense here uh, down the road. Uh, but let's move on to one more case and then we'll talk about gun rights. Uh, this so-called mo- this mommy doomsday case, which I, I just listened to this podcast. It's like eight episodes. It was done by Dateline NBC. Uh, folks, if you want to listen to it, just go to iTunes or Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts and type in Mommy Doomsday. This story has like every element that you could ever want in one of these uh, crazy stories. You've got somebody claiming the end of the world, uh, Mormonism, um, you know, unfaithfulness in a marriage. There are missing children that turn out to be dead. There are dead husbands. There's fourth marriages, first, second, third and fourth marriages. All of this stuff going on in this story And uh, I don't know what to make of it. I guess what we're looking at now are like criminal charges of this lady and her latest husband, which is kind of questionable because she married this latest husband while she was still married to the prior husband, as I understand it. But uh, they're claiming that this lady was a normal Mormon, a normal good person, et cetera, et cetera. And then all of a sudden, uh, her children are missing. She claims they're not missing. Then they find the bodies of the children. Then they piece together that like several of her husbands all died under mysterious circumstances with money coming to her ends up in the end with this guy who's like a writer, a Mormon writer who is predicting the end of the world and that he's like playing a big role in the final chapter of the end of the world. And she buys into all of this. Uh have I done a good job explaining this? I mean, what's hap- what's happening legally with this thing? Well, and sadly, um, the mother. Uh, I don't mean to laugh because we're talking about deemed... multiple murders here. I I don't mean to laugh. Right. No, no. It, it's it's just again think that a Hollywood writer uh, would possibly come up with, but would say, well, that seems crazy to try to make a movie like this. Um, the, and the, the unfortunate thing on this is that the mom has, uh, as we you know, get, get away from the Britney Spears situation, well, in this case, the mom has been deemed unfit. Uh, the mom is, is, you know, is being, uh, uh, she's in a mental institution. Um, she's going, you know, she's being seen for therapy. Uh, so she may not ever, unfortunately, uh, you know, be a stand for the actual um, crimes that she's committed. Uh, now I know there's obviously the insanity defense. Um, it's troubling because, yeah, uh, heartbreaking to know what she did to her own children. Um, but said things along the lines of that her her children were zombies, that her children were like demonic and not you know not uh, in their right minds, and that as they're seeking this. Um, end times apocalyptic events that uh, she had to, you know, apparently had to take the lives of her children. Yeah, it was some kind of a weird, a weird thing. And she claimed this about some of the prior husbands that, but it's not that person anymore. They're seeking over that person like a a demon or something. And then that gave her the justification uh, to kill that person. And like with her children, somehow justifying like, well, then this will be be the best for them, like in eternity. And what about this last 
husband character named Chad, Chad Daybill. He's like uh, some kind of a self-published, if you type his name in on Amazon, like all these books about the end of the world. I didn't know that the Mormons were into this like Doomsday. And he's got all these books out. He's also being charged. Isn't that right? Right. Uh, well, the, the very uh, one of the troubling things uh, with him uh, is that he was married, um, but then uh, his wife died under very, you know, um, very odd circumstances. And then two weeks later, he remarries uh, the, the mom in this case. So there's, like you said before, there's been multiple uh, spouses dying. Yeah, every um, everybody they're married to is dead. So his wife is dead. Yeah. Her all of her prior husbands start showing up dead and money coming to her, and then her children are dead. And then the most incredible part of it was I don't know if you saw that video where where Dateline like confronts her and Chad Daybell in Hawaii where like the kids have been missing for months and people are looking for the kids and they're just like walking to the beach and they're confronted by, by Dateline. Right. And they, well, and I, I read some interviews, some articles uh, actually from the, the, the grandparents. Um, so the, the parents of the mother here and they, they were very distraught. They were very troubled, I guess, uh, when they went to some of the hearings that they're unaffected by this, that she seems, um, uh, you know, that she feel, acts like she doesn't, hasn't done anything wrong right. in this whole scenario. And what, you know, a chilling effect it was for them, sadly, the loss of their grandchildren. Um, again, you know, they're saying the things like, sadly, a lot of people do where they say, uh, you know, I should have done something. I should have tried harder. I should have uh, tried to stop this when I thought something was of concern. Um, they didn't, and unfortunately, now these children are, are deceased. But yeah, there's been several people murdered. Um, even the uh, her first husband uh, was murdered, I think, by her brother-in-law, uh, who claimed that he he killed him in self-defense. Right. But it was her the her brother-in-law. Bro yeah, her brother. Dying. Yeah, her brother. Uh, yeah, Lori's brother killed him, and supposedly it was in self-defense. And then when you look at the charges of Chad Daybill, apparently he's charged with the death of his wife, Tammy, his wife of 30 years. He's charged with her death. Right. And he's also implicated in the conspiracy to murder the children also. So he's he's going away forever. I don't think he got any type of a mental, um, you know, uh, unfit for trial type of a status. Uh, so so he's going right. away. Uh, but th this is just a bizarre uh, bizarre case. You just wonder, you know, here the court is is clamping down on Britney Spears and you got people like this leaving a trail of dead right. bodies behind them. And, and they just move from one, you know, city to the next one spouse to the next. And uh, man, that this is this. This is incredible. We're in the early stages, though, of this. Right. So the both of these individuals, uh, Daybell, the husband, and Lori, the doomsday mommy, they're, they're like, this is going to be a couple years or more before we really know ultimately what happens with them. Is that right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. The, the criminal case, uh, criminal law, the trial section can take several months, several years. Um, and again, like I said, with her, 
she has been deemed unfit to stand for trial as it stands right now. Uh, so she will be going through some form of, uh, you know, uh, mental capacity testing uh, therapy, um, you know, to see if she would be able to uh, have the mental capacity to stand to be fit to stand for trial. But at this point in time, she is not. Yeah. And, and I, the most amazing thing to me in listening to that podcast was there there was like the before and after of this lady where she was apparently like uh, she won the, the Mrs. Texas beauty contest. Um, she was like mm-hmm. a really active member of her Mormon church, uh, active member of the community, by all accounts, a great mother and wife. And then like kind of like something snapped and then she went down this like end of the world path and husbands started dying and all this bizarre things started happening. But uh, boy, that's that's just an incredible, incredible story. Now, I want to take a couple minutes and tell everybody that I'm watching you on social media and it's like one group is hiring you. Another group is hiring you to speak on on Second Amendment rights. Tell us all about uh, what what you're doing with your speaking and the Second Amendment rights uh, speaking that you're doing. And since you live in Illinois, um, you know, you're right there kind of, uh, uh, you know, in the center of, of, uh, the Democrat world, uh, what's happening with gun rights these days. There was thoughts that Biden was going to be because of Joe Manchin. He'd happen. So, uh, yeah, Chicago is, even though it's, um, one of the highest murder, uh, capitals in the world, uh, and has some of the strictest gun laws, uh, they don't seem to grasp the concept. The Democrats in Chicago don't seem to grasp the concept that people who commit crimes aren't too worried when you pass harder <laughs> gun laws. Gun-free zone. Uh, the only yeah. people, yeah, the only people you're actually hurting in that scenario are the law-abiding citizens who say, "Look, I just want to have my Second Amendment rights." Uh, I want to own a firearm. I want to be able to defend my family, myself. Um, as Thomas Jefferson said, in the worst case scenario, defend yourself against an overbearing uh, government um, is the, you know, one of the main reasons for the Second Amendment. Um, but Chicago can't seem to grasp the idea that uh, that a good guy with guns is the only thing really that stops a bad guy with guns. There was actually uh, a, a study done, uh, a very... Uh, a credible study by the University of Chicago. You know, you think, oh my goodness, this is going to come out very left-leaning, very liberal. This was several years ago. The University of Chicago came out with a case study where they said, okay, what do we do with all these mass shootings? What do we do with all these school shootings? Um, and they actually came to the conclusion was the only thing that really stops the bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. Yeah. They actually found that in, in places where you have the gun-free zones, people who are criminal-minded see that and say, oh, good, so when I bring my firearms into this area, no one's going to be able to protect themselves from me when I have firearms there because it's a gun-free zone. Uh, we've had two Supreme Court decisions, thankfully, narrow decisions, but two Supreme Court decisions, and one was with the city of Chicago, where they were trying to take away Second Amendment rights. And thank goodness for the conservative uh, justices on the bench. Gun owners, we won both of them. 
uh, both scenarios, the court correctly decided that we have a God-given right uh, to bear arms, and the Second Amendment is there to ensure that our government doesn't take away those rights from us. I, I wonder why people but, don't ever put like a gun-free house sign in their front yard, right? <laughs> right. If, if you're exactly. if, if you're that convinced that that's the way to go, put a sign in your yard that says "gun-free house." Uh, and then, you know, see right. how that right. works out for you, because that's exactly uh, what they're doing. Now, is it your view exactly. that Biden is going to be successful? I know there was some executive orders and they're they're tamping down on some things like these so-called ghost guns, where like people are making guns with uh, 3D printers, things like that. Uh, some of these, um, uh, you know, other gadgets that people are using uh, to be able to um, fire more rounds just some peripheral things, but the mainstay of like our second amendment rights, the ability to have, you know, magazines with more than uh, 10 rounds, these sort of things. Uh, do you see them being able to effectively chip away at our second amendment rights during Biden's administration? If you continue to have Democrats in control of your legislative branch, your executive branch, and then the judicial branch, then sure. Um, if we can get hopefully more uh, God-fearing conservatives uh, in in our political offices, then no, no, they won't stand a chance. They have the uphill battle of, like I said, two Supreme Court decisions that went against them. Uh, but you've got a so-called president who is doing, uh, has mentioned thoughts and is doing studies about saying, well, maybe I'll just load up the Supreme Court with more justices. Uh, so if he does something like that, then I can't promise that yeah. those two uh, Second Amendment cases won't be overturned. I think it's great that, you know, Joe Biden should be the on the poster uh, in every gun store in America. Yeah. Saying, well, he's doing the, more. Uh, that's what NRA they say. Salesman. Yeah. He's doing more for gun sales than, you know, even Obama, I guess. Apparently, all of this right. anti-gun stuff is causing more people to buy guns. And when you look at the, right. you know, the, the theme that's that's out there, like defund the police and you've got like between Chicago and New York, some of these weekends, over 100 people are shot if you combine Chicago and New York City. I mean, wh wh who wouldn't want to buy a gun? I mean, with 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 right. all of this going on and this idea of defunding the police. I mean, what options are you leaving people when you're talking about uh, reducing the police presence in light of all of this violence, letting all this Antifa rioting going on uh, without any type of consequences? Uh, crazy, crazy times. Uh, do you want to mention any of your uh, speaking engagements or are these just private engagements where people couldn't uh, come if they wanted to? The the uh, largest speaking engagements I do uh, when COVID doesn't shut things down is actually I'm I'm an allied attorney with the Alliance Defending Freedom. Uh, it's a First Amendment religious freedom organization, Christian based, based out of uh, Scottsdale, Scottsdale, Arizona. Yep. Uh, we defend First Amendment rights of Christians. So I speak at uh, the Iron Sharpens Iron Men's uh, Conference regularly, and I speak about the constitutional rights of Christians. Uh, First Amendment rights, constitutional rights of, of believers, but you know, obviously my focus focuses on Christians of our religious freedom. Uh, I speak a lot in the Midwest, obviously, uh, for Iron Sharpens Iron. Uh, I have been invited to speak uh, in your neck of the woods. So I'll be you know, on September 18th. I'll be speaking 
uh, in Sarasota for the Iron Sharpens Iron Men's Conference. And again, I'll be speaking on First Amendment rights uh, for Christians, uh, constitutional rights for Christians. Um, the United States Concealed Carry Association, uh, which I'm a referral attorney for them, they just recently, <clears throat> I've wanted them to do this for years, uh, but they just recently contact, contacted me. I signed a contract with them where they're going to be putting on seminars. It's in the early stages right now, but putting on seminars where they're going to have attorneys coming in and talking about Second Amendment rights and what do you do if um, you use your Second Amendment rights to defend yourself and you find yourself ending up being arrested in that scenario. You know, what's the best thing to say? Uh, you know, uh, what legal rights do you have? Um, so I'll be doing presentations on that right now. I don't have a, a, a specific date as of yet, because like I said, I mean, this literally just happened a little over a week ago that they uh, started this. So it's going to be hopefully developing uh, some some momentum soon. Sounds great. And do you want to give out your website for people that want to get in touch with you? And maybe some people in the Chicago area might need a lawyer. Uh, that would be a, a great thing Absolutely. for them as well. Yep. It's www.theramseylawfirm, all one word, uh, theramseylawfirm.com. And no connection to Dave Ramsey. Is that right? <laughs> I don't have that much money. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Dave is a friend of mine. I, I never asked him if like you guys were connected, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's no, it's not it's not I that we were. Yeah, it's not that uh, unusual of a name. So, but in any case, hey, it was it was really great having you on, and I I definitely gonna uh, mention to my producer to just uh, you know as long as you're willing to come on every so often, uh, let's just do this like you know every five or six weeks have you come on and talk about the law and everything that's happening. Certainly, no shortage of topics. So. <laughs> the, definitely be great to, to have you back again thank you so much for joining us sir and uh, we'll talk to you again soon thank you for having me all right bye-bye thank you jeremy ramsey chicago attorney great to have him with us tonight hey next week is ellie marzuli and i think we've got the phone thing worked out with him so we're going to be able to uh, do that interview thanks so much for joining us i hope you enjoyed it uh be sure and leave us uh some good comments and ratings over at itunes or your favorite podcast platform remember if it's sunday night it's jim paris live so long everybody we'll talk to you next time